AI. We know it is artificial intelligence, but perhaps it's time to tweak the acronym to mean augmented intelligence. In its role, it can make a huge difference in the lives of consumers and for financial institutions that serve them. To take a look at what it's all about, today we have Pankaj Kolstreshta, the founder and CEO of Synaptic AI. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks again for tuning into Bankadelic, part of the NMD Plus family of podcasts based in Jolly Old London. And today on Bankadelic, we have Pankaj Kolstreshta. He is the founder and CEO of Synaptic AI. With more than 20 years of analytics, risk management, and financial services experience, Pankaj helps financial institutions and specialty lenders tackle the issues of credit expansion and availability across the globe through AI and machine learning institutions. Pankaj, welcome to Bankadelic. Thanks, Lou. Thanks for having me. Now, to kick things off, it's becoming common knowledge in the industry, though not everybody is aware that the standard approach to credit scoring is dated and that lenders are behind the eight ball because of that. Technology can help Walk us through what you see going on and what needs to happen. It's just a question of where the evolution has brought us, right? There have been several generations of improvements that have happened in how people lend in the last 50 odd years. The data and the methods that are currently used are about 25, 30 years old. And in the interim, what has happened is a lot more information has become available. Algorithms and technology to deploy those algorithms has gone to the next level. In my mind, Lou, to your specific question, what is the first point to start? The first point to start is to just look at where the lenders are in terms of the sharpness of the instrumentation that they currently have. And a few things to look at there are these. What are the kind of scorecards they are using? Most often, I find that our clients are using a standard FICO score. And FICO score is great, but if you have a sizable volume and experience, you can do a lot better than that, right? You can get a custom sort of score that does a lot better than that. So that's first place to begin. And second place to think about is, what is the amount of data that you're getting in your decisioning? I often find that people don't even use all the customer 360-degree information for our credit union clients, all the member information that is available to them across product lines and so forth. So we got to start using that data a lot more in being able to predict the risks with any customers. And the third one I would say is just thinking about how dynamic is your underwriting strategy? Because as we just saw in last year and a half or so, a bunch of macro changes happened, behavior changes. Are your strategies, are your customer underwriting strategies adaptive enough? Can you change them quickly enough? Those are three areas where I think a deeper look will point out the opportunities. 
Yeah, it seems that to your point, the FICO score, effective as it has been in the past, is a really old metric. And with all this customer data available, we can do much better. Walk us through some of the things that you think can impact that picture of the customer to give a much more complete view. Lou, I often give an example of my own self, basically, because I had the experience of getting declined with one of the premium brands for a card that I wanted. And that was, as you can imagine, personally hurtful because, you know, I thought I'm a good credit risk and I thought I knew how these algorithms work, so I should get approved. And then when I looked below the hood, I found that I am a person who basically carries just one credit card. And every three months or so, my utilization peaks because I would book a vacation or something like that and so forth. Utilization happens to be the biggest driver of your credit risk score. But what these models don't take into account is the fact that there is a time series effect. So if they saw that I have never ever been delinquent and overweight my profile with respect to that attribute, or saw the fact that, yes, this guy does actually every now and then go close to 100% utilization, but never have they actually been delinquent, never have they actually experienced difficulty. So if you bring in those kind of somewhat nonlinear and time series effects into your models, then you can start kind of doing a lot better in terms of the prediction that you're making about customers. I think the other big opportunity that we have is, and this bank that I bank with, for example, is a large bank, they already have a lot of relationship with me. And using that relationship information, they can actually make a lot of accurate predictions about what product I need, what would be the right price point, and how much exposure or how much credit limit can they give us. Those are kind of things that they can do much better using the data that is actually already available with them. They don't use that information that well currently. Well, you know, if you're going to buy a car, right, it always pays to look right. under the hood. <laughs> right. right. Now... This is where we get to the rise of AI in lending. And this is so exciting. Early adopters can get a lot out of this. It can empower lending capabilities and for institutions provide that competitive growth advantage. Help us to understand what is behind this rise in AI, how the technology works, why it's crucial to pay attention to it. All of this Recent interest that we have in AI is very helpful for folks like us because we have built a whole lot of careers around this. But Lou, one thing that I don't like so much is about the word artificial in AI. The way I like to think about it is this is just extension of intelligence that we already have. And now we have better ways, more data available, actually make our predictions a lot more accurate and a lot more precise, basically. So really... When you think about what it does, is very simple. If you have a sharper ability to predict the likelihood of default or even other behavioral parameters like who are the customers who are more likely to spend, how much are they likely to spend, when are they likely to need credit, and things like that. If you build a lot of those predictions using the latest information that is available, latest data that is available, fundamentally what you are able to do is, one, you are able to improve approval rates on the current products that you have without increasing the underlying risk in the portfolio, right? So you're increasing the profitability immediately 
and you're increasing the growth of that portfolio. Second thing that happens is these things naturally improve the customer experience, right? So the example that I was giving of my personal experience with this car company, right? I know myself that I'm a good customer. The fact that the car company didn't meet my experience actually causes dissatisfaction there. And that opportunity to correct that experience and improve the overall customer experience will increase tools like AI. And then the third one is just the cost goes down. Pretty much all the credit union clients that we are working with, they basically have lots of applications being reviewed by a human being, an expert on the right. And our technology is able to help them focus on a fewer cases so that they don't have to actually increase the size of the team as they grow. And that reduces their cost per application as well. So there are multiple benefits to using these more advanced toolkits. I'm going to tell you, I love the notion of taking artificial out of the acronym and making it something that to borrow from the way you expressed it, extended intelligence and ditto with machine learning. It's a very depersonalizing term when what we're really talking about is helping customers flesh and blood people. That's right. And in fact, Lou, here's the point, really. I think the match and I have used the word augmented, you used extended. I've been calling it augmented so that still remains AI. But here's the point, the moment you call it artificial intelligence, there's a whole theme that has been created in the media about AI versus human beings debate. Anywhere like that, the technology that we are building uses very sophisticated math, but it's fully directed by human beings. And it is for the benefit, actually, of humanity, basically. Think about it like this. All the large banks natively have a significant bias because they focus on approving prime super prime and sometimes near prime type customers, right? So a lot of their models are over time getting overfitted to that type of population. And I think 50% of the US population is actually not adequately represented by those scores in terms of its likelihood of default. And when you bring in these new methods, I think that is the situation that we are able to correct. So our models are actually trained to demonstrate that they actually include, they basically increase the level of inclusion that we can do for credit availability, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you alluded earlier to the idea that risks can also be exposed through this. And one thing about and we're going to call it augmented intelligence, right? Love that term, is that it can flag high-risk prospects and in the process help specialty lenders better identify who the right candidates are and what kind of products to pitch them. Walk us through that. Think about it like this. There are folks who have had some difficulty with credit in terms of conventional methods in the sense that they might have gone delinquent now and then. It probably has to do with their life situations, macroeconomic impacts on their employment and so forth. The reality is this. If you think about average approval rates, what we see is something like 30 to 40% for a financial institution. In bigger banks, naturally, there is a better selection so they could get like 50% type approval rates. The reality is in the US, about 20% of people have been delinquent. So rest of the 30% that are denied credit, basically, really, there is not a very strong good reason. It's all because people are scared of giving credit because they're not confident in the quality of their predictions, basically. What we are able to do with these specialty lenders and smaller lenders is say that, okay, you have a customer walk in their profile 
on conventional credit bureau and using standard scores is not looking very good. But let's find a reason to give them credit, not a reason to reject them. In which case, there are several things we do. One, we'll actually look at their detailed credit profile and create a custom score for the kind of product that they're trying to buy. And based on the dynamics of that, we are able to kind of just using the conventional credit profile, find a score that can increase the likelihood of people to get credit. And the second part is where you say, okay, let's get some more information. So for example, we could go to LexisNexis profile and see what assets they have and do they have significant adversity in terms of court judgments or anything like that. So those are kind of factors we can bring in. In some cases, we can actually ask them to provide more information about their bank account and stuff like that. And essentially all of this information gets into the models and helps us make a case to say yes to the customer rather than find reason to say, no, 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 this is not the kind of customer we want to enter. Absolutely. And well, as long as we're going to be improving on acronyms, right? We have KYC, know your customer. And really, so much of this is about DKYC, deeply knowing your customer and building that relationship. So explain to us how AI can help institutions to better leverage data on behalf of the consumer. It is a bit of a similar answer, right? You made a very interesting analogy with KYC. Sometimes in the industry, we use those two things as a separate silo, that there is a KYC process, and then there is this credit underwriting process as if they are very fundamentally different. I really think that knowing your customer just by definition is knowing them deeply through all kinds of information that is available on them, right? So to me, those two things converge, knowing your customer and really underwriting them based on a deeper knowledge. What does that deeper knowledge mean? It means a couple of things. One, you're getting more pieces of information together whenever you have to do a customer interaction or you make a customer decision you are able to pull in more information into the decision. Right now, if you look at most of the clients that we are working with, really all you pull out is their credit file and maybe just 10, 15 variables from there and a FICO score. And based on that, somebody has written a set of rules and you decide whether to give somebody a credit or not. Oftentimes, in most cases, a human being who has some expertise looking at applications of this type will look at it and underwrite it to say yes or no to it. In the world that we are moving to, we say, okay, we are getting a lot more information. And remember the second thing, which is finding a reason to say yes to. So just with credit file, and we are not using 15 variables, we are using like 500 variables out of that. Can we say yes to this borrower? If we can't, then we say, okay, let's go find out LexisNexis data on this customer. Can we now say yes to this customer? Oh, we can't. Let's ask them for their bank statement information if they're willing to give it or any other pieces of information that are now becoming available. So that's the way you extend the amount of data that is available on the customer. And second is just the quality of tools. One of the things about AI, a better word is machine learning. So these algorithms update themselves a lot more frequently. They're able to kind of use nonlinear trends many times and able to find a reason to say yes, basically in terms of the score that they give out. Fascinating. Well, you've taken us from 15 variables to 500 variables. I'm going to take you back to one variable. Was the guest doing a great job on Bankadelic? And unquestionably, <laughs> the answer is yes. Pankaj, thank you for making the time today to be on Bankadelic. 
enjoyed it, Alu. Great questions, and hope your audience enjoys it as well. Thanks for having me. I'm sure they will. Pankaj Kolstreshta is the founder and CEO of Synaptic AI. He is based in New York. You can look for Pankaj on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q U O N. TICBank.com. Ah, well, thank you so much for coming into Bunko Bank for your car loan. We just need some details, and uh, why don't you have a seat? The most important detail is your name. Yes, that's uh, asbestos. John Asbestos. It's my stage name, you know? I'm so hot that nobody can set me on fire. <laughs> well, uh, sounds like you're in a great line of work. Yeah, I'm a psychedelic pole dancer. No need to probe into that. So I just want to confirm that you are here for a car loan. Yeah, that's right. It looks like uh, somebody's got... A real heavy car out in the parking lot. What's that, a Corvette? Yes, well, that happens to be my car. I'm glad you asked about it. Yeah, well, if we're here for a car loan, then I think you might want to loan that car to me. (laughs) No, I'm serious. You can loan that car to me. You got it. Well, if you insist, I suppose you can sign here on the dotted line. And uh, I'm going to put a few stamps on it. You're all set! Here are the keys! 
You gotta be kidding me, it's that easy? Well, you might want to take a look under the hood. First of all, the Thelman wire is corroded, so that's gonna mean you need to replace the entire engine. <laughs> what you talking about? In addition to that, there is rust all over the bottom of the car, which is going to require a complete start-to-finish overhaul of the undercarriage. Get it? Overhaul? Undercarriage? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, man. You, you conned me into this. Well, I'm afraid you signed the papers, so here you go. Out to the parking lot right now. No, no. There's no way I'm gonna do this. You gotta be kidding me. What do you look like, a ninja? I don't look like a ninja, but our two bodyguards over here are happy to escort you to your new car. By the way, with $15,000 in repair bills, might we interest you in an auto loan? <laughs> Get off of me, man! Get off of me! Don't you know who I'm in? I'm Johnny's business! I'm so hot that nobody can set me on fire, and I ain't taking this vehicle to ain't no- <laughs> And now, Bankadelic presents... Three bullseyes. Number one. Most often I find that our clients are using a standard FICO score. And FICO score is great, but if you have a sizable volume and experience, you can do a lot better than that, right? You can get a custom sort of score that does a lot better than that. Number two. About 20% of people have been delinquent. So rest of 30% that are denied credit, basically, Really, there is not a very strong good reason. It's all because people are scared of giving credit because they're not confident in the quality of their predictions, basically. Number three. I really think that knowing your customer just by definition is knowing them deeply through all kinds of information that is available on them, right? So to me, those two things convert knowing your customer and really underwriting them based on a deeper knowledge. And now, lose views. I'm often hesitant to predict the future because it reminds me of that time back in the 1950s where many fearlessly forecasted there would be a helicopter in every driveway. <laughs> well, I'm not about to try to fly nearly that high, but I will venture to say this. We will probably look back a generation from now and realize that the way we scored credit and then in turn made loans based on it was a pretty primitive exercise. Pankaj Kolstreshta said on today's podcast, we can apply artificial intelligence to the task and we can greatly, greatly improve on the FICO score. Let's face it, that measure of credit worthiness now is generations and decades old. It isn't able to move in real time and it doesn't take into account many, many other factors that definitely reflect credit worthiness from other angles. Artificial intelligence can move along a dynamic, indicate how people are changing their credit for the better, and how other things that they are doing in their financial lives really give a more complete picture of how deserving they are to get the credit they need. If what's holding us back is an uncertainty about who we're giving the loan to, that's understandable. It's actually smart business. But at a certain point, once we have the tools in hand, we can let go of the fear and increase our certainty through numbers that are comprehensive. Let's face it, 
technology far outpaces the old school measure of the FICO score. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and someday on my Vaudeville YouTube channel. Rink-a-dink-dink-dink. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD+, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.